0: In the name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit, amen. I'd like to welcome you all to our Perseverance Family Conversation, and as always, it's great to be with you as we get ready to celebrate the feast day of Christmas, which is the birthday of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So, I'd like to start off by inviting Mary to be with us. Mary is the mother of God. Mary is the mother of the church and Mary is the mother of each and every one of us. Also, when we pray the the Hail Holy Queen, we invite Mary to be with us as our life, our sweetness, and our hope. So we'd like to pray that prayer that Mary loves so very much. And that prayer is the, it's the Hail Mary. So together, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners, now and at the hour of our death amen now we'd like to invite to be with us our spiritual director what a great privilege it is to have as our spiritual director the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit also has many very wonderful titles among which would be the Holy Spirit is the Paraclete. Holy Spirit is also known as the gift of gifts. Holy Spirit is also known as the sweet guest of the soul. Holy Spirit is also known as the sanctifier, he who makes us holy. Holy Spirit is also known as the counselor and our consoler. Holy Spirit is our interior master. St. Paul says in his letter to the Romans, chapter 8, that we don't know how to pray as we ought but the Holy Spirit intercedes with ineffable groans so that we can say Abba Abba which means Daddy or Father let's uh, ask the Holy Spirit to give us a lot of light a lot of light a lot of guidance and that the interior fire of God's love might burn within our hearts as we pray come Holy Spirit fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle within us the fire of your divine love send forth your spirit and they shall be created And thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be. World without end. Amen. Our well, Lady Guadalupe, pray for us. Saint Joseph, pray for us. St. Michael the Archangel, pray for us. St. Gabriel, pray for us. St. Raphael, pray for us. St. Ignatius of Loyola, pray for us. St. Maria Faustina Kowalska, pray for us. St. John the Baptist, pray for us. All God's angels and saints, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. How true it is, my friends, the family that prays together stays together. And I'd like to encourage all of you by Promising to pray for you in my Mass today. And by far the greatest of all prayers that exist is the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. The Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. That's true. So I'd like to place you on the altar with these intentions. First, that all of us, as we draw closer to the birthday of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that we would be open to the Holy Spirit. We would be open to the Holy Spirit. and this would be our prayer come Holy Spirit come come Holy Spirit come through the heart of Mary come Holy Spirit come come Holy Spirit come through the heart of Mary my second intention I'd like to pray for your families, especially your your children. Some of you have adult children that are not really walking with the Lord, that they've chosen another path. We know that to be a false path because only Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. We believe that God's mercy is infinite and that God can intervene in any time and any place. God can intervene any time and any place and God can work miracles. So I'd like to pray that in these days preceding Christmas that your children, especially your adult children, some of you have grandchildren, would would return to the Lord with all their hearts and recognize that Christ indeed is our Savior. That's the name of Jesus. It means Savior. He will come to save the people from their sins. My third intention let's pray for the conversion of sinners in general but let's pray for those who will be dying tonight those who will be passing from this world to the next to be judged by Christ who will come to judge the living and the dead but through our prayers those who are possibly far away from God will return and entrust themselves to God and His merciful love. Jesus, I trust in you. So those are intentions. Before entering into the readings today that have a common theme, I want to thank the Lord, thank the Blessed Mother, and thank many of you because yesterday I was able to, to end my course. It was a five-week course on my new book, which is The Compendium Marian Devotions. We had five different classes, five different lectures, and yesterday I was able to finish our final class. A lot of people came. There was a lot of enthusiasm. The people were reading through the chapters of the Marian Compendium. So we're very thankful that you're able to participate, many of you, in person, and some of you online, on the course of the Compendium of Marian Devotions. This book came out in October, and a lot of people are telling me that they really love the book. They're getting to know Mary better. They're talking to Mary. Mary is becoming much more prominent in their lives, and Mary's bringing them closer to Christ. So, I'd like to thank the Lord, thank His Blessed Mother, and thank all of you for participating in this this course. This was actually the first time I ever gave a course on this topic. And the reason being is that the book just came out recently and I thought I would launch it by giving a a course. And the course was set up such that I gave a talk and then there was some group sharings and then after the group sharings people were called to go back and read and meditate upon a chapter every day. In a certain sense, it was kind of like a Marian retreat and preparing us for the birthday of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So let's uh, move from there into the readings. The readings today they have a parallel theme. And the theme is The blessing of a child and the patience of parents in having their child. So the blessing of the child as well as the patience of the parents awaiting the coming of this child. So the first reading is taken from the book of Judges, and I'd like to just explain the uh, the whole context of this. My style is giving you a summary of the biblical passage, then an interpretation of the passage, and then how we can how we can uh, live out or put into practice the biblical passage. So it's taken from the Old Testament Book of Judges and there's this ma- this woman her name is Hannah married to a man whose name was Manoah.
1: It was a good couple they loved each other but their great suffering was both Hannah and Manoah Uh, couldn't have children. Uh, She was barren.
0: But she would pray day and night that one day God, in his goodness, his kindness,
1: would give them a child. So one day... An angel appears to her and says
0: that she will have a child. And that she should be careful not to
1: drink any wine or a strong drink. Or eat anything unclean. Nor should any razor touch the head. This is called the
0: the Nazaretic vow. Okay. The Nazaritic vow. No wine, no strong drink, no unclean food, nor should a razor touch his, his hair. And uh, this would be the, the man that would be able to deliver the Israelites from the Philistines. So the woman who has this encounter with the angel goes and tells her husband that an angel has come to her, revealing to her that they will have a child, But the child should not take any wine or strong drink or eat anything impure or anything unclean. This child will be consecrated to God from the womb of the woman. So the woman bore a son whose name was Samson. The boy grew up. The Lord blessed him. The Spirit of the Lord stirred him. So there we have the blessing of a family of a couple that had a child in their In their old age, I'd like to make a comment on what's happening in our modern society. All too often women who are in their early, their mid-thirties, or maybe possibly in their forties, if they're pregnant, all too often Medical workers will will often often suggest that uh, the woman not have the child. Not have the child. And the reason being that the child's life could be placed in jeopardy as well as the mother's life. And if the child is born, then the child will have a lot of defects. I'd like to tell you an interesting story. Back around the time of decision Roe vs. Wade, a woman in her 40s went to a doctor's office she was pregnant with child and the nurse asked her, well, what are you going to do? And the woman was greatly offended by the question, what are you going to do? Because the nurse was alluding to the fact that the woman should consider the possibility of an abortion. The mother felt highly insulted by the nurse and said, of course I'm going to have the child. So the woman ends up talking with the doctor, the doctor asks her the same question, what are you going to do? She said, what do you mean, what am I going to do? Well, you're in your 40s, I'm going to have the child. The woman confronted the doctor, who was a Catholic doctor, and said, have you ever done an abortion? The doctor was angry and now in shock that the woman asked him that question. So the woman got up, she rushed out of that doctor's office, medical building, found another doctor, and then in October she brought forth a little baby girl very healthy. And that little baby girl, her name is Mary Therese and her godfather happens to be yours truly. And that little girl happens to be my little sister and the woman is my mother. And now that little girl is no longer a little girl but in her 40s and she's married happily she has eight children a graduate from Steubenville she has a twin daughters one of them I'm the godfather and the twin daughters will sometimes get up once awake at two o'clock
1: in the morning to make a holy hour in front of the Blessed Sacrament so You see how erroneous
0: is the the culture of death mentality. John Paul II in his encyclical, which is the gospel of life presents the gospel of life against the culture of death. But I thought I would share that story with you because... I can't speak, I can't think of any better story right now that's parallel to the first reading. In my own experience and my mom, her yes to life, and the daughter that was born to her when my mom was in her forties, and she had no problems with that child, I think that she was an easier birth than I was. So it's a beautiful story. Beautiful story. So we live in a in a society that that promotes uh that promotes killing children as if the child were a curse. Whereas always in the Bible the child is always seen in the Bible as a blessing always seen as a blessing so that's one idea that comes to me from related to the birth the evangel birth of <coughs> of Samson
1: I'd like to go fast forward
0: Because we really know how Samson is going to end his life. Samson is so strong that he's able to defeat all of his enemies. So the Philistines are trying to get the secret of his strength. So they send this attractive, provocative, seductive woman. Her name is Delilah. And she insists that Samson tell what wherein lies his strength. And she kept pestering
1: him. She kept pestering him. She kept pestering him. until finally
0: Samson opened up his heart to Delilah and said that his strength is in his hair, that he made a Nazaretic vow. That once his hair would be cut, then he would lose his strength. So Delilah reveals this to the Philistines. They cut his hair, and then he's become very weak. And they end up by gouging out his eyes. And then they're celebrating the feast of their god Dagon and Samson is there amusing them. His hair grows back quickly. Samson says, avenge my enemies. And he's placed between two pillars. His hair is growing back. His strength is restored. He pushes the pillars and the temple to the pagan god Dagon collapses and all the people were killed in it. And he killed more people in that moment than in his whole life. So it's a, somewhat of a sad ending. <coughs> but it's a reminder to us that Samson was consecrated to God. He was the prophet of the Israelites, but He had a weak point. His weak point was the woman that seduced him. We even see the same weak point in King David in his relationship with Bathsheba.
1: So that's the first reading. The response of real psalm is, My mouth shall be filled with your praise. And I will sing your glory. If we want to praise God, we're living out
0: principle and foundation, which is we are called to We're called to praise God, to reverence God, to serve God, and by means of that to save our lives. The highest The highest form of
1: praise that we can offer God,
0: highest form of praise that we can offer to God is the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. So see if you can participate in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass as often
1: as you can as we draw closer to the birthday of Christ. All right. Let's move now into the
0: into the gospel reading. Okay, you're gonna see a parallel between Judges
1: and the eventual birth of Samson. The parents having him after many years, <coughs> and the gospel
0: today. <coughs> the gospel today is the announcement of the birth of the birth of John the Baptist, which we find in the first chapter of Saint Luke which, by the way, is the longest chapter in the New Testament, Luke chapter 1. So I'd like to summarize this chapter, which you're you're probably somewhat familiar with. Now, remind you what Fulton Sheen says. Growing in our Catholic faith does not depend often on learning new things. But assimilating the things that we've maybe heard many times, that's right. does not depend so much upon learning new things but assimilating the things that
1: we've already heard.
0: so this biblical passage. Probably somewhat familiar to you, but I'd like to give you the context. Once again, a <coughs> reminder that this is my style: to give to give a summary of the biblical text,
1: then to offer an interpretation, then after giving
0: the interpretation, give a practical application. How can we how can we live this out? Pope Francis says we have to go from the mind, the heart, to the feet, to put into practice the
1: word of God. So we have we have an elderly couple. And the elderly couple,
0: their names are Zachariah and Elizabeth. And it's a couple that is blameless before the eyes of God. They're living a very holy life,
1: a very prayerful life, a very dignified life, both of them.
0: They live in a place called Ein Karim, which I had the privilege of visiting when I went on pilgrimage years back. This Ein Karim, it's it's in the hill country. The mountainous region is one interpretation. They live, live up high. They are pious Jews who praise and worship God. Now Zechariah is from the priestly class. So being the priestly class he would go to the temple of Jerusalem to offer worship to God. Now like Hannah and Manoah, in the book of Judges that we spoke about, both Zechariah and Elizabeth have suffered a lot. They've suffered a lot because like Hannah, Elizabeth is barren. They've longed to have a child, but for some reason, and we know the reason now, we call divine providence, God has not allowed them to have a child right away. So this uh, lack of fertility, being barren, is a source of great suffering for this couple. this is not the only time we see this in the Bible for example if we go back to the book of Genesis we encounter Abram whose name will be changed to Abraham and Sarai whose name will be changed to Sarah the patriarch Abraham they can't have children Until finally, when Abraham is 100 years old and Sarah is about 90, they finally have a child whose name is Isaac, which means laughter because Sarah heard the angel saying that she would have a child. And she laughed. How am I going to have a child? I'm 90 years old. And she did have a child whose name was Isaac. So this is a this is a theme present in sacred scripture but we see the child we always see the child as a blessing whereas the abortion mentality almost sees the church the, the child as a curse as a child to be eliminated. Pope Francis calls it the Throwaway society. The throwaway society. So there's the uh, context, and one last detail is that Elizabeth and Mary are related. They're cousins. So there's a blood relationship between Elizabeth. As well as uh, Mary, there's a there's a close bond spiritually, but also physically. So there we have the context. So let's see, let's describe what happens, and let's let's pull out some ways in which we can put this into practice. Zechariah is called to service in the temple. So he travels to Jerusalem to carry out his priestly obligation. So there he is (coughs) in the temple. While he is in the temple, he had a vision, and an angel appeared to him, standing at the right at the altar of incense. Just a note on the whole idea of incense. You have noticed in Masses recently, and you notice it at the Christmas Mass, the use of incense. Incense is symbolic. In which the incense is placed on the burning coals, and the white smoke ascends on high. It's symbolic of our prayers that ascend to God on high. As well as St. Paul says that we are called to become the fragrance of Christ, because that incense has a aromatic fragrance which is very pleasing to the senses. So we want to lift up our prayers on high to worship the Lord as we see that incense ascending on high in the solemn masses, but we also want to be we want to be the fragrance of Christ. So in as an angel appeared to Hannah in the first reading announcing the good news of the birth of a child, so also Zechariah, he also has a visitation, the appearance of an angel. And we even have the name of this angel. The name of this angel is the Archangel Gabriel. Gabriel translated means the, the power of God.
1: So he enters into dialogue. with Zechariah. He enters into dialogue with Zechariah. Let you just stop a moment and mention this. The real importance
0: of the presence of angels present in the Bible. But also the importance of the presence of angel in my life as well as in your life. Never to underestimate or forget about the presence of the angels. The angels are very important. You find the angels throughout the whole of sacred scripture, Old Testament and New Testament,
1: even in the book of Revelation. We see the presence of the angels. Even yesterday's gospel,
0: we see St. Joseph who has decided to divorce Mary in silence. And the angel appears to Joseph and says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary to be your wife. Because that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. There we have once again another theme of a woman who will have a child.
1: Several times St. Joseph has the invitation of an angel. So not to underestimate, my friends, the presence of angels.
0: You might even ask ask your guardian angel to teach you how to pray better, to avoid temptation, And to try to love God more and more. And to praise God in this life as well as the life to come.
1: So this Archangel Gabriel appears to Zechariah as he's offering incense in the temple at the right side of the altar. And I'd like to just summarize the essence of the message of the Archangel Gabriel. The reaction of Zechariah.
0: And then the intervention of God related to the reaction of Zechariah and the people waiting outside. How true the importance of our angels being close to us our guardian angels also you might cultivate devotion to the Archangel Gabriel Raphael and Michael you notice as I start off our our prayer I always pray to Michael Gabriel and Raphael the beginning of our perseverance family so Saint Michael the Archangel the angel Gabriel and Raphael are part of our perseverance family. We're, we're, we're surrounded by angels in our perseverance family conversation. So the the essence of this encounter, I like to summarize it, is that like Samson, the archangel. Gabriel announces to Zechariah that his wife, Elizabeth,
1: his wife, Elizabeth, will conceive a child in her old age. And he, like Samson, will not drink strong drink, will not drink liquor. He'll be consecrated to God. And he will carry out a very special mission. He will have a very special mission. That is basically the essence of the
0: message of Gabriel. The conception of a child in her old age in Elizabeth. That he will be consecrated to the service of the Lord. He will not drink strong drink and he will be there to prepare the way of the Lord and to bring the hearts of
1: fathers to their children children to their fathers. There we have it. There we have it. Now This
0: being said, the reaction,
1: the reaction of Zechariah is worthy of meditation. Now, up to this point. Elizabeth and Zechariah are are blameless.
0: They're irreproachable before the sight of God. They're blameless. They're irreproachable before the sight
1: of God. Living very, very holy lives. Very holy lives. Now Zechariah up to this point, living a very holy life,
0: we're going to see that Zechariah gave in to a moment of weakness and Zechariah doubted. He did. He doubted. He responds to the angel and says, well, how shall I know this? For I am old and my wife is advanced in years. So here we have Zechariah who's doubting, he's, doubt, he's doubting the power of God. He's reasoning only on a natural level. See on a natural level what he was saying was logical, how was an older woman advanced in years beyond the age of having children how is she possibly gonna have a child on a natural plane that's impossible but what we have to recognize is that God he was on a natural level but God wanted him to to be open to God's presence on a supernatural level And I think we can apply this to ourselves. How often have we doubted? I repeat, how, how often have we doubted that God would be able to do certain things? How often have we only allowed ourselves to reason on a natural level and not Ascend to a supernatural plane. So in a certain sense, I think we can... We can identify with Zechariah in... Sometimes in our lives, even doubting that God... Doubting that God can carry out... His plans that go beyond nature... So as a result of his doubt, God is going to He's going to punish him. So the angel says to him, he reveals his name to him, he says, I am Gabriel, who stand before God. I was sent to speak to you. And to announce you, this good news. That's the word gospel means good news. Now the Archangel Gabriel intervenes and Zechariah will be punished. You'll be speechless. Unable to talk. Until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their proper time. There's a lot in that. I think there's a lot in that. So Zechariah in that moment was struck by God and his angel, and he was no longer able to, to speak, he was mute. Let's see if we can maybe apply this to ourselves. let's examine our own lives maybe we shouldn't be so hard on poor Zechariah maybe we maybe we would have done the same thing maybe we would have done the same thing but the first question is this let's pray over this how often how often do we doubt How often do we doubt God and God's plan for our own lives? How often are we like Zechariah? How often are we like Thomas? The apostle said, I won't I'm not gonna believe until I can see. Maybe we have some of the Zechariah, maybe we have some of the doubting Thomas, the doubting Thomas with our own, within our own lives let's examine our lives the second point is how often have we how often have we maybe opened up our mouth How often have we opened up our mouth, saying certain things that probably we should not have said, as Saint James says in his uh letter, we have Saint James chapter three, which would be the sin the sins of the tongue. How often have we opened up our mouths and
1: said words that hurt others and words that were not pleasing to God?
0: Maybe it's a challenge for us as we draw close to the birthday of Christ to beg the Holy Spirit
1: To beg our guardian angel, to beg the archangel Gabriel, to help us to maybe be less impulsive, to be less impulsive and to, to think To think before
0: we speak. As James says, we should be slow to speak and
1: quick to listen. Slow to speak and quick to listen. So there we have it. The people were outside waiting.
0: Zechariah came. They probably thought something special happened in the temple.
1: Zechariah came out. He was not able to speak. They realized that he had seen a vision.
0: And he was trying to speak to them by his hands because he was mute. So he goes home and Elizabeth, his wife, conceives a child. And she goes into
1: seclusion. For five months. She says. So has the Lord.
0: Done for me. At a time when he was seen fit to take away my disgrace before others. Because Elizabeth saw that as as a disgrace. As a humiliation.
1: Being barren and not having a child. So there's a lot here and I invite you, I invite
0: you today to to read and meditate upon this wonderful
1: passage, which is the very beginning. Rather, it's Luke chapter 1, verse 5 to 25. So let us see the child as a blessing. Let us be men and women who will promote pro-life. Let us have greater faith and trust in God.
0: Let us consecrate ourselves to the Archangel Gabriel who is a patron
1: of communication, Paul VI. And let us pray for the grace to
0: often say when we are not trusting that short but powerful
1: prayer of divine mercy. And that prayer, my friends, is Jesus, I trust in you. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.